This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. And I'm Skylar Sokol. We just dodged a bullet, a cat bullet. I mean, sort of. Uh, we, you definitely did the intro like 10 seconds after the intro ended, but I, was, oh, I really? wasn't about to play it again, so we're all good. <laughs> uh, if you, you're missing the uh, Skylar's cat, Naoki is attacking him currently live on stream. We stream our podcast every week on Twitch. You are missing out. Anyway. Usually on Monday at... 8.30 Eastern, but today is a yeah. special special Thursday late evening podcast. Things have been a little funky for us podcast schedule-wise last few weeks. A lot going on, but yes, usually Monday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Now, Skyler, usually on Mondays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, or not, not usually, frequently we discuss game lenses. Yes, yes, yes written by your self-proclaimed best friend, Jesse, Jesse Shell. Shell. <laughs> yeah. Who right. puts out some really funny tweets? I must add. Really? I have, I have, do you have any? Do you have one you could like give us real quick? Uh, I will look it up. I will look it up. How about? Okay. I will, later by the, the end of the podcast, I need I need a Jesse Shell tweet if they're that good. He's, he's got that like nice mix of like dad game designer humor. That's a hundred percent what I would have guessed. I was gonna say it has to be like dad humor if it's because he can't be that young. <laughs> No, he's and he's a really good soul. I can tell, you know, unlike us, unlike us, unlike, no. unlike me. I don't know who you're talking Josh about. and Noki. Yeah, yeah Noki is <laughs> definitely the one. Okay, right on. So, so, yeah, what are we talking about? The latest. Okay. Oh, the Jesse latest wins. The la- oh, I have I do have the tweet, but I'll send it at the end. The latest okay. tweet we're going to talk about. The I'm latest. sorry, the latest lens. <laughs> Smoothest fuck intro. Going great so far. <laughs> is basically animals and how we're all animals and how we all can enjoy a good animal time. More specifically, lens. the lens of primality. Primality. Okay. I feel like you have to so, say that word in some badass way every time you say it. Primality. It's a yeah. cool word. I like it. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I think it's got that, you know, the ality, the fatality to it. That's true. Know? Primality. <laughs> Finish him. Okay. <laughs> I'm going too far. So, in the book, Jesse says that, um, you know, we've talked previously about um, juiciness, things feeling juicy. Uh, when you are. In on an inner like when you're using certain inner UIs on phones, especially that's a that's an easy way that some feel just like juicy, satisfying to use, like great feedback, really kind of almost like visceral. For feedback. for you, yes. I don't know if the world agrees, but you definitely get juicy with your interfaces. I I, I just really appreciate like. <laughs> Good juicy menus. Now I, w- I will tell you, like there is like definitely. Actually, I'll save this for once you explain what the lens is because I I didn't think it related, but what I was about to say definitely relates. So give us give us a little brief. Is there a Jesse Shell explanation for what this? Well, lens so is? the reason why I bring up touch interfaces is because it's actually the way he introduces the notion of primality. He says one kind of interface that tends to be associated with juicy fun. Oh. Is the touch interface on phones and tablets? Touch interfaces have done a lot to change the world of gaming. Yes, but why? Uh, the obvious answer is because they're intuitive. He says, but that's really a pretty 
vap vaporous answer since the definition of intuitive is technically easy to understand so the question becomes why is it that touch interfaces are so easy to understand and the answer is this they are primal uh, until the advent of touch computing, every computer interface took the form of tool use. I would interact with some physical object, keyboard, mouse, button, panel, punch card, etc., and some remote, not near my finger, response would take place. Gradually, like with all tools, we learn how they work and become used to them, but tool that tool use is not primal, by which I mean pre-human. Humans started using tools about 3 million years ago. This, I'm quoting here, Jesse. Uh, which is a pretty good run, but still animals have been touching things like for three to 400 million years. So our brains, of course, are evolved from those brains. So when you think about the three-layer structure of the human brain, it becomes clear. The lowest skill level, reptilian, if you, want, if you will, section of the brain is able to process touch, but tool use is probably requires help from the neocortex, our more rational thinking part of our brain. That, that so makes sense. when you think of... Yeah, so when you think of it that way, he says, it's obvious why touch is more intuitive than using a mouse or game controller. But then, of course, it raises a broader question topic of this podcast. What parts of games, maybe the game we're making, games we've played, are primal? And what parts require higher brain functions? It seems certain that the more you can engage and involve the primal parts of the brain, the more intuitive and powerful your gameplay will feel, especially I'll add to a broader audience, which helps explain why so many games he uses the example contain elements like you have to gather fruit-like items. You have to fight a threatening enemy. Uh, you have to find your way through an unfamiliar environment. These things are sort of somehow primal. You know, we all regardless of culture and stuff can relate to it as people. So, um, yes. Yes. So that's more or less the notion of primality, right? Like that yeah. we're discussing. Um, I think this will be an interesting conversation because I generally feel that when you talk about games, it, it, it are, it is usually actually, okay. Usually well, I was going to say, usually the not primal things that really intrigue you about a game, right? The systems it, that are available for the games that you can rash, you know, think about and make decisions on and strategies you can build. Yeah. And ironically, I was about to say, I think the things that you look for the most in the game are the most primal things and that you love the primal parts of games and that that's the thing that really excites you about games. It lets you get back to your roots of like that time. You killed that snake. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I totally agree. Um, I'll, I'll t- we, we can return to there in a second. Although I was going to say, you love rhythm games, which I yeah. feel have a, a a high degree of primality. Now let me it. let me give you this. This is actually was my thought before you explained primality. So because you were talking about touch interfaces, and I've recently had some discussions with people at experiences at the arcade because a new game got added there. It's called Reflect Beat. It's a touch completely touch screen based rhythm game. There's no buttons. Everything happens on a touch screen. Okay. Um, there's like things that fly down. You just have to tap the touch screen, almost like you're playing a rhythm game on your phone, just that's bigger. Um, and I got to tell you, it is significantly less satisfying than playing a rhythm game that has buttons. Mm. Like, so I even would say that I'm going a step past the touch interface primality to wanting like the actual tactile feedback of pressing something, which is, right. I would say, even more primal than just like a touch yeah, interface. Yeah, so. Agree. I've had that experience recently, and that is a kind of primality I really like. And maybe it's because 
I play rhythm games for like the flow state, right? I play rhythm games for like the the it's like almost like my my mindfulness pra- like my meditation almost, right? Like I play rhythm games to go into the focus mode and just play yeah, and just like feel the music and all of that, right? Yeah. And in that kind of environment, I think I think primality makes sense because I think primality is what taps us in the most to like those like deep mental states that are just like calm or flow or whatever right like meditation is very similar like meditation is just about breathing and just like calming down your rational brain and just like invoking your primal aspect of just like being there and existing and breathing and i think that's a similar experience for me with rhythm games so maybe that's why with rhythm games i like the primality but when i'm going into a game because i want to like fuck someone's brain up you know, you know, I want that yeah, complex. It needs those systems, you know, available to be able to execute such things. Totally. Yeah, like, and we've talked about like to, to to what you were saying about what I generally enjoy in games, like the games I like to play. So, uh, I, I, before I say this, I feel there's a strong correlation between primality, this notion of the lens of primality, and the behave um emotional design the emotional design parameters that don norman calls out specific where he he breaks down um kind of the three categories of emotional design into visceral reactions behavioral reactions and reflective and i feel like primality there's a lot uh back uh that uh, like a, a visceral a visceral reaction to things like hits that primal you know kind of level to me sure um and yeah, I I guess this also gets into like what you expect and what you want out of your games. But um, we've talked about it before the way I usually in- treat the time I spend playing a game is like relaxation time, whatever. And the games I play, Rocket League, Halo, or whatever, they're like it, it, it's that kind of flow state. Um, yeah, I think you, know? you look for that a lot too. And I'm, even yeah, what's looking. most interesting to me is even in games I've watched you play that have a lot, a limited amount of primality, you latch onto the primal parts, the primality parts of those games and enjoy those parts like significantly more. Like Hades, for example, right? You didn't give a shit about all the like systems and stuff and decisions and thinking thoroughly right, about the those. Bow. You just wanted to fucking smack shit. That's the primal part yeah. of that game, right? And that's what you wanted to do. So even in games that aren't like fully primality focused, like Rocket League, I think is an example of a game that's pretty much almost all primality, except for maybe the meta strategy of like a team sport. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um like yeah, even in Hades, right, which has a lot of extra stuff, you were you were all about the primality. Yeah, it was yeah thing that i found most satisfying was uh the dash bow stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah no it's true no and um, actually you know what the best example of your love of primality is that just came to my mind do you want to tell the people about how you capitalize letters on your keyboard <laughs> so to capitalize <laughs> letters on my keyboard i press the caps lock button and type and then hit the caps lock button again now the thing is, people, you know, I as a software engineer, I don't think I've met any per- coworker who does that. They I don't have met a human in the world who's done that. <laughs> who does that? But it is so much more fun to toggle it. I always it's tell right. them, you this know, is like the primality. You get to hit more buttons, right? You I do. Want, yeah. I I honestly was thinking about this when, um, like a couple days ago. I'm not sure if I would have liked computer science and software engineering if i didn't love typing typing is fucking fun 
that the activity, actual activity of, activity of typing, ignoring what you're typing, is fun to you and f- yes. satisfying to you. Yeah, like very I don't know if you ever do this, but like frequently, I'll just like hit new and I'll just hit keys. <laughs> I mean, I, I have enjoyed, like, going to, like, Type Racer and, like, you know, the typing speed sort of games. Have you ever done yeah, Type Racer? I love those games. That those I, fi- I do find really fun. And, like, sometimes when I'm typing, I do, like, find myself satisfied by it. I think it is very fun. Like, it is cool a cool tactile activity, right? It's, like, you, yeah. especially with the mechanical keyboard. Yeah, it, the feedback with, like, the sw- is Yeah, nice. it's fun. The clicking and all. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Now, I actually, talking about keyboards and stuff... Um, one thing I was thinking about regarding this was th- how I recently, in my quest of trying to get better at first-person shooters on keyboard and mouse, one of the things I, I have said multiple times is that the right hand feels better on a mouse you know, than a joystick on a controller. But for me, the left hand feels better on a controller. And I was thinking about it. I think there... I, I th- I'm not sure if this is just me being used to controllers or whatever, but for some kinds of movements with controllers, uh, I'm sorry, with some kinds of movements that you might want to do, especially in like 3D space, mm-hmm. it, the, a joystick feels more intuitive uh, moving the character than kind of interpolating WAS like. Um, I, I think you're spam. totally right. I think the joystick, the co- joystick control method, is a way more like primal sort of method, intuitive method for controlling a character. Right? You just push it in the direction and you go there, and that's sort of what you do in in life anyway. Right? Yeah. You're just like it's similar to how you're moving, and just like in real life, right? If you want to like move your hand from here to here, you have to joystick all the way across. Um, but like, if you uh. It's not like on first-person shooter, right, with a mouse and keyboard where you can just, like, snap to a position. You can't really do that that easily in real life. That's, like, a very hard thing to do in real life. So yeah. I could totally see how a joystick, even the, the annoying parts of it, are more primal and intuitive. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's uh, it's something that's really hard for me to, I don't know, consolidate and be okay with when I play the first person shooters, the left hand really bothers me, but the right hand does. I don't know. It's somehow it's that brain. I I think it's functionally, right? Like you're just like trying to move your hand in a way, like where your eye wants it. I don't know. It's, there's something more intuitive about the mouse than the right joystick on control. Now I think it's totally possible now, granted, the issue is you would be lacking buttons, but I would love to see a setup where you like got like a fight stick or something, you know, like, I don't know where mine is, but, you know, the ones with the big joystick that you can use with one hand, and you just like put that on your desk, you mapped your movement to that, and then you played with mouse on the other, I, I want to yeah. see that set. I mean, the only thing you'd be lacking is the buttons that you get from the keyboard, right? So you would need buttons either on the joystick or more buttons on the mouse, but, so or I think foot Razor pedals. has... Foot pedals. I yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't I wouldn't need pedals. Pedals me me I'm sorry, me needing paddles is that is a workaround no, no. for really the right thumbstick. I meant pedals. Oh pedals. Like if you needed extra buttons you could use your feet is what I was saying. That's interesting idea. That people do that actually in, in really? some gamers for specific games and a lot of streamers actually use foot pedals to change their sure, sure, like sure. stuff. 
Sure. Uh, anyway, we're way off topic, but no. Well, yeah. What I was what I was uh, saying is Razor does have that like little mini left hand gizmo that has the keys. It has like WASD and it has a thumbstick. Oh, I on remember it. that thing. Yeah, maybe you should try it. I would if it wasn't 140 bucks Oof. or whatever. Well, but, one day maybe we can get uh get yeah, someone to buy day, it for us. One day I'm just when I'm just like whatever I'll yeah. I'll do that. Or we can but, get Razor to buy it for us if you're gonna be the the poster hey. child. They better oh. start sending me free stuff, or I'm going to keep comparing them to Tilted Nation's superior <laughs> right. price. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, so I'm just trying to think. Like, what one thing that I, that is interesting that I, I feel like is primal in some ways, but is I guess more tool use is puzzle games. Right. This is something that you really dislike in general. I mm-hmm. think in ge- like because when we talk about primality, we're talking about the reptile brain, right? Like. Right. Obviously, primal humans solved puzzles, but that's tool use. Like, so are puzzle games the least primal of all games? <laughs> In a way, they feel like that. I feel like the my the best. Like, this is kind of what the emotional design gets to with the visceral, behavioral, and reflective components. Where behavioral is like, it, it, this is still fundamentally in a, something emotional at an emotional level, not really cognitive, but it's like the f- being able to evaluate whether a tool or thing available to you is going to help you with what you're trying to do and like how to use it and stuff. Something very like subconscious though. Like, you know what I like? So I, I want, I don't know. I feel like the puzzle games I enjoy the most is where they have, uh, they still get past that reptilian brain, but they, they have that they, acknowledge that the reptilian brain is there and they give it they feed it while also having that higher pathway if you yeah. will Th- yeah. that, those are my those are no that's I'm fair. trying to think another genre game i'm thinking about from considering primality is rts genre the real-time strategy genre the starcrafts of the world right that's yeah. also one of the least primal games right like almost none of the actions you are doing in the game are primal at all but and I think this is really interesting. This gets back to your typing is fun because RTS games are the like most notorious games for high players having high APM, doing a lot of actions at the same time. And that means mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of clicking and a lot of keyboard stuff. And I bet you a lot of those players find just that action very satisfying, like we find typing satisfying. So maybe that's where they're getting their primality from that game, which has literally none in the actual design of the game. Yeah, I mean, that... When you kind of grok using the words of, uh, gosh, Ralph, Ralph Coster, right? Theory of fun. Yes. When, when you when you grok something and you really absorb it and it it becomes so, sort of second nature and reactionary to you when you do stuff, I, I feel like those kinds of considerations are like if you're designing Dota or if you're designing a MOBA like that, you know that there's going to be that upfront. Even oh, if you're designing Rocket League, I'm thinking Halo Five had this for me. This dynamic of the what's available to you, the mechanic subset and stuff, it's kind of overwhelming at first. You have to sort of understand it, learn it, and get comfortable. But when you get comfortable, it it becomes really primally satisfying to execute. You yeah. know, once you like, have the muscle memory down, kind of thing, right? Yeah, and I feel like that's something you. 
maybe consider when you're doing the design like was how does it feel to play this game at various points right when i just started but what does it feel like after a hundred hours and what does it feel like after a thousand especially if you're making a a multiplayer game right or a game that you expect people to play for a very long time but i think even in like single player experiences this is a consideration right like how does the game feel when you first start playing versus when you're like you know 10 hours in if it's like a 12 hour game or whatever right it's gonna feel significantly different Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. And 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 I think that the best ones, like the ones I'm thinking, like Rocket League and Halo Five, had depth there. And they like I when I was playing Halo Five, real real all the time. Uh-huh. When it first launched, I would be like just sitting there doing the motions of like the paddles, you know, like right. I'd just like sit there and like do this because that was like how you hit the pa- paddles in 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 order to do the thrust slide, and you mm-hmm. were doing that shit all over the map, you know. So anyway. Yes. That's now, awesome. I one thing I, I la- maybe last thing. We, yeah, yeah. We last thing, about. last point. Bring it on. One thing that uh, Jesse brings up that also is bring br- brought up in the Save the Cat book that we've brought up a few times, which is like a more about book. writing movies. Yeah. yeah, for Hollywood, is that these primal notions reach. Lots of different kinds of people in different cultures and different environments because we somehow relate to them all as humans. Like, doesn't matter where you grow grew up or what scenario you like. Being in a small room and a monster coming in scares everybody. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> puts all makes you all cons- like looking for an exit and stuff. It's animalistic sim- and animalistically simple. You know. Um, however, so. You, I feel like, in a way, while that is a reason why a lot of times we maybe, especially viscerally, feel compelled to check something out more or whatever, explosions go boom, monster scary, blah, blah, you know, like stuff like that. Uh, I feel like at the same time, they, it, especially in big budget productions, people don't want to stray too much from them. And then in more creative endeavors, people almost see it as like a weakness to stay too close to them. You know what I mean? Totally. Something we've talked about before for sure. Yeah. That like the safe place to be is with more primality because that's going to, you know, appeal to a wider audience. It's less risky. Totally true. That's really interesting statement, right? You don't see like, these like really obscure like high art form indie games caring as much about primality necessarily although i would argue that journey for example is like one of the more primal games that's ever been made like there's no dialogue you're literally just running around grabbing stuff like exploring an unfamiliar environment right so who knows yeah i yeah i, I um maybe the, the question there is or the observation there is I personally don't feel like it's a weakness in a, in a creative intent, if you will, or creative design. If primal elements are recognized and uh, what's the word strive people and, and developers strive for them. You know, I just feel like it's, it's something that reaches all of us and that it's an important part of a solid experience. I don't know. That's like what I'm looking for in, in, for, in my games. So maybe that's why I'm saying that, but I don't know. I just don't feel like Ori, for example, is a, is a, or cuphead were games that 
I don't know if I I felt like they had enough primal elements to get me interested into playing them that I've played similar game similar games in those genres that I wasn't interested in. Uh huh. You know. Um, yeah. Strong visceral reactions no, yeah. in both of those. Totally. And this all gets back to like the toy and whether the toy is fun and playing with toys is a very sort of primal thing as well. So. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. Primal yeah. is yay is good. Primality is it. Is it good? You guys tell us. Let us know. Um, but before we tell you where you can let us know, we got to answer a patron question. Yes. Yeah, and and Potatoes got mad at us because he said he asked one that we didn't answer. So we're going to do that one then, yeah? Yeah. Okay. You want me to read it? Is it? Oh, my God. It's this one. Okay, yeah. Hey, this is... <laughs> he said... Uh, hey, this is I Got Your Potatoes. I'm literally reading this verbatim. I've been a fan since the beginning and been wanting to get into game development. So my question for you guys is why is C++ the preferred language for game development at Bramwall? <laughs> All right. So, cool. Um, do you Question one, do you think C++ is the preferred language for game development? So so far, all everything I've learned and read and blah 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 seems it does seem to be the case that Agreed. C plus plus is the preferred. It seems like the most the, the best as far as like optimization goes. It gives you the most flexibility for optimization. It's got it's just a very flexible language that can do a lot of things. I mean, it might have a higher learning curve than some other languages that you could potentially develop a game in, but I mean that's why we have Blueprint right in Unreal to like circumvent that. But for someone who really wants to like get into the nitty gritty, C is basically the only way to go. And I mean, you've been working with Unity a lot lately and C Sharp. How have you felt about C Sharp? Because I remember hating C Sharp. It just felt like bad Java. And Java's already <laughs> like kind of bad. Don't like Java. I, I don't yeah. mind Java, but like it felt like Java that I do mind. I mean, <laughs> to simplify this for people who aren't familiar with, you know, software engineering and stuff, the thing, the reason why C++, in my opinion, is so prevalent, and I think this is the way most people would answer this, is that um, think of, like, the code, C++ code being able to directly talk to, like, hardware, right? To, like, um, the chips and memory layout of your computer, right? Like C++ can do that. With the other ones, imagine there's a layer. There's like an abstraction layer that those instructions need to pass through before getting there. One big problem in that scenario is that that inherently introduces another layer, more processing, less performant, you know? So C++ lets you be as... uh, it, it can be dangerous, like Skyler's saying. Like you can gives you all the tools you need to like shoot both of your fucking legs off yeah. all the time. You know, you you need to with great power comes great responsibility. But um, at the same time, it also has a lot of the tools that also give you the high level abstractions in your code. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. But I agree with Skyler. A lot of people do find it very intimidating and kind of overwhelming. Lots of things you need to worry about when you're doing C++ that totally. you don't need to worry about in other languages yeah. and stuff. So now, my, my experience with C Sharp, just yeah, for what it's what worth, is like I like using C Sharp as a language, strictly writing code in it. But did you know that Unity has like for every object in Unity – there's a C sharp equivalent that maps to a C plus plus equivalent in memory. What? And not only that, and you, you but can't touch re- the C plus plus part, right? 
so I don't know. I haven't in theory, tried. You yet. can't at least. I, I will say you can't. But yeah. they, basically, the object has two halves to it. One part in C plus plus, one in C sharp. And somehow they they talk to each other. Now there's these thi- there's these situations you get to in Unity where like you can call destroy on the C sharp object, but the C that dest- what that does is clears the memory for the C plus plus object, uh-huh. but the C sharp object is still there because a co- because of C sharp garbage collection, it's technically going to still hang around until all references to it because it's are like gone. Java, like because of like Java, right? Because yeah. that's how Java garbage collection works, right? So anyway, that's I, crazy. I'm so grateful. That's I don't have to worry about fucking madness. memory bugs like that, dude. No, and, we, anyway. and trust me, we've had to worry about memory bugs in our game, so it's good that, that we avoid yes. those. Yes. No, uh, so anyway, that's. That's why performance has been the thing. And you yeah. do see, like Skyler's saying, all these engines trying to implement these like visual scripting solutions because not everybody who works on games is a software developer. Right. In fact, a lot of them aren't. They have creative visions for stuff they don't know how to code. And so Unreal and Unity are have been working on these like node-based, drag-and-drop yeah. kind of logical things. Now, which, our... Our studio is under the philosophy that even if we develop something in the drag and drop language, we should eventually convert it to code and just make it cleaner and more flexible. Um, but I, I think a lot of studios don't necessarily do that, and they probably end up biting themselves later because it probably is a lot more work later to adapt these things. Well, and you know, we come from our experience in the software industry has led us to not only be able to implement some of these things easily and understand why you want to do them, but we've also literally lived through the code equivalent of the visual blueprint alternative, like shortcomings. You know what I mean? Like the shortcomings of those things we've experienced in code in other projects. And so um, I I just wouldn't expect, you know, for people who use those kinds of things, um, you know, they're just doing the best with the amount of knowledge they've got many totally. times. Uh, totally they true. They, they haven't lived through the pains of not having a nicely isolated, you know, response. <laughs> they have a big, why it sucks to have a monolithic, huge fucking blueprint that does everything. <laughs> anyway. Yep. So. Well, anyway, that's, go, that's the answer to Potatoes question. So where can people find us if they want to either talk to us about primality or yell at us about programming languages? You can talk to us in at KO Koala. Okay, go to KO Koala Entertainment.com, <laughs> and there you have links to all our social media, especially our Discord. Woo! That's where you should talk to us. <laughs> um, if you also want to be cool, like potatoes, and ask us questions in quality time, get access to the Minecraft Patron Realm that I've been streaming recently. Get 15, 10 to 15% off of merch depending on your tier. Get free stickers every three months. Oh get gosh. free merch every six months if you're cool. You, you get a shit ton, including some rel- rather spicy behind the scenes posts recently. Whoa. Recent posts um, revealing the dev backlog, if you want to see. <laughs> yeah, if you like literally want to see our backlog and what we were doing. We there just, are many redacted things, just warning. This isn't like a, a fake, a, you know, OnlyFans <laughs> teaser or something. We're, tell, <laughs> we're telling you that what's what you're going to get when you buy it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, for now, they're redacted. As time goes on, less and less will be redacted. Very It'll true. It'll be more and more exciting. So. Very true. Anyway, um, yes, That. thank you so much to our patrons, including Josh, who just joined yesterday. Woo, thank you guys thanks, so Josh. much for your support. 
um, and find us. Also, we always do Discord. We always do Discord giveaways. We always do Instagram giveaways. Oh my god, just follow uh, us next everywhere. week we will have a guest on the pod or two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. On 14th. the on the fourteenth, we're gonna have a guest on the podcast, and you know when we have guests, we do a ton of giveaways. So make sure you keep the fourteenth yep. available so you can t- watch us talk to Kira from EGD. No spoilers. CEO Kira. Let's go. And make yes. sure to place your bets now on how many times Anthony calls her Kyra. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm trying. I'm, I don't know what the fuck, dude. It's like there are a few words that just get stuck in my head no, in the wrong way. It's hard. And then you got to rewire the brain. <laughs> uh, Kira. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you on Monday. See ya. Bye.